0: So I've been having a conversation with a new friend on Instagram, um, and about essentially the psychology of starting something and starting out and, and why it's tricky when you're starting out because it's hard to get a sense of a realistic picture of what it might look like to get from just starting out to being more established in a side hustle or business or uh, or just in your pursuit of a craft. And part of the reason it's tricky is that if you look at people who are more established than you as role models, rarely have they documented their early stages well enough for you to be able to use that as a template. And, um, but then at the same time, uh, sorry, I just got distracted by discovering I have some poison ivy on my ankle. Um, if you use people who are just a couple steps ahead of you as role models, you have no way of knowing if they're someone who is going to succeed, and you have no way of knowing if the things that they're doing now are going to be successful. And obviously there's a great deal of chance in sort of who ends up succeeding at something and who doesn't, right? But uh, finding someone who's doing what you're doing and who is thoughtfully looking back and presenting a view of what things look like back then, or who can articulate it, that's kind of a rare thing, um, and even when you find it, that's only one, that's only one perspective, and your perspective is, of course, going to be different, because you're you, so that's the rub, because especially with social media being such a curated thing and so many people's feeds being so vast that to go back and get a sense of where somebody was at, you might have a sense of where somebody was at, but you don't necessarily have a sense of why things worked out for them or not, because either they're not that thoughtful about it or they just didn't share it. I spent a great deal of time when I was first trying to get my spoon carving business off the ground, scrolling all the way back to the very beginning of the feeds of people who I felt like had figured stuff out, and almost n- never uh, did I really understand why things suddenly worked out for them. Um, not that it suddenly worked out. That's also a misnomer, right? Like things don't suddenly work out. The truth is you just, you know, you keep going, but it definitely seemed like, uh, some people figured stuff out and other people did not. And I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out, they weren't articulating why things worked out, you know, whether that's because they didn't want to share it or, uh, or just weren't that thoughtful about it. I'll never know. Um, so that leaves you in the position of a couple things. And these are my thoughts of what you can do when you're starting out and you, in whatever side hustle business, whatever that you want to start. The first thing is to get over the hump of actually starting the thing. So if that's your, situation, I would say that the, you know, the, the best thing that you can do is to carve out a space each day to actually do the thing that you intend to do, because no amount of planning is going to make up for the fact that you just need to physically be doing the thing you want to be doing. Um, so if you want to write, you need to carve out time in the day to write. Um, and I've talked about that a bunch in a handful of different podcasts. And I'd encourage you to go back and figure out which ones those are and listen to them. Um, I'm just reading a, a great book right now by Adam Savage of MythBusters, called Every Tool Is a Hammer, which is a memoir of his. And he, he I just read the section where he talks about how important checklists are to him, and how developing the ability to make a checklist has helped him tame very complex and daunting projects to where he feels like he knows where he should logically start and all of the pieces that are required. And then that checklist organically grows and changes as the project continues, but that the act of making a checklist helps him begin something because it doesn't just feel like something amorphous that he might do in the future, but actually gives him actionable points to do right now. So that's another thing. Uh, and then I would also say that educating yourself on the books that are out there of people who, um, written by people who are thoughtful about how to begin something, how to, how things become successful, um, And just the psychology of all those things, I think is important. Um, So there's lots of business books. And business books is a category that when I was growing up, I definitely stuck my nose up at. Um, Business books, self-help books, that whole section felt like not me, and I wasn't interested in partaking. Um, And I've come to realize in the last 10 years or so that there's actually quite a great deal of really useful information that I wasn't getting anywhere else. Um, and sometimes I had to wade through stuff that I wasn't interested in. But I think if you're not reading books that are designed to help push you towards growth in that way, then you're really seriously missing out. Now, it's important to uh, not get bogged down in just Ingesting all of that stuff, and not actually starting your own thing, but I think that um, this is a great way out of the conundrum of you don't know which horse to back if you start off too soon, and the horses that you would back, meaning the people who have gone before and succeeded, it's hard to tell what they look like early on. Um, reading books by people who have thoughtfully tried to present how that happens and what are the factors that go into it, that's a great way around that situation. Um, Because the truth is is that uh, the early part of a business is just going to look different than the later part of a business. And I'm sure where I'm going to be in 10 years, is going to look different than where I was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I wasn't even carving spoons. So let's go five years on either side, right? Five years ago, I was carving spoons, but The way I was carving spoons was I was carving uh, a handful of spoons to sell at my Christmas tree farm. Um, And that was it. And, And my psychology was entirely based around local sales. And I wasn't at all interested nor had any thoughts about using social media to build any sort of larger base. Then I wanted to quit a seasonal job that I had, and I thought, looking at Jojo Wood and Jared Dahl and E.J. Osborne, that there might be some way to build an online business around spoon carving that could replace that income that I was getting rid of by quitting that job. And that required that I build up skills and things that I really was not comfortable with and didn't really want to engage with in social media and photography um, and websites and bookkeeping. All of these tangential skills that I had been avoiding by, o- by telling myself that I was only interested in local face-to-face sales. So... I thought I could see how that would work. But seeing how something works in somebody else is still a long way away from creating the groundwork that is needed to have it succeed for yourself. And to some extent, there is no substitute for time because it just takes a certain amount of time to build up the skills and to build up the base of people whose permission you have to talk to right? People who have found you, who've said, yes, I'm interested in interacting with what you have to say. It takes time to build up that base. And there are no shortcuts around that time. That time is going to be different for everybody. But it's it's that's the section that I think a lot of people think the internet is going to accordion shut for them and make it so that they it's going to be very fast for them if they show up with the right skills, that it's just going to be really fast for them. They're going to develop a huge following like that, and everything else is going to flow from that. But I think that's almost never the case, and where people get discouraged and quit is when things take slower, take longer than they thought they should. So having patience in this stage is also important. So you've got to start, and often starting just comes from selling a little here, selling a little there, but then you have to have the patience to grind through that, That I'm not even going to call it the middle stretch, I'm going to call it the beginning stretch, where you've shown that you can sell things, or your work, or you've shown that you have something, there's something there in what you do. And, but your customer base hasn't caught up with your abilities yet. Ooh, here's a great example. This is going to be a long podcast, but what the heck. Last night, my wife's family was over for dinner and they brought sweet corn with them. And they got it from this place in a couple towns over that has a reputation for amazing sweet corn. And we happen to have some other sweet corn from somebody else. And sure enough, this place's sweet corn was just better. It was fantastic. It, kernels popped off in your mouth. It was so sweet and tender. And the other one felt rubbery and tasteless in comparison. Now, is it just that this place was growing a different variety? Probably not. Probably the biggest factor was that it was just fresher. And sure enough, when I asked my mother-in-law about it, she said, oh yeah this place they're harvesting during the day and and bring fresh supplies two or three times a day during the season. Now, how does that farm stand go from nobody knowing who they are to everybody knowing that that's the place to get sweet corn and going there to a level where they can harvest and bring fresh corn in two or three times a day. I think if I had to duplicate what they had done, I think the main mistake that every farm stand that's trying to sell sweet corn makes is they let the sweet corn stick around too long, right? They have sunk costs in growing that sweet corn, so they want to sell it. So even though it might not be as fresh as some stuff that they could harvest and bring in, they want to capture those costs. And so they get stuck because they never develop the customer awareness that this is an amazing place to get sweet corn because the sweet corn is never that amazing because it's sat around for a day or two. So those farm stands that are doing that have let their production outpace their customer awareness. And that's the key, I think, to getting through that hump in in the beginning of something because for something where it needs to be snapped up, in particular like sweet corn, in order for it to be amazing, in order for you to get a reputation for it to be amazing, you've got to match the amount that you're offering to the world uh, with the amount of demand that you currently have and or accept a certain percentage of losses in just stuff that you're going to get rid of because it doesn't meet spec. So let's take this to spoon carving for a second, right? Let's say for spoon carving, you are at a stage when you're carving spoons where about half of them aren't that great. And you get a commission for one from somebody and you carve it and it's just not that great. Well, you have two options. One is you could send it to that person. And it just wouldn't be that great, and they would pay you, and but they wouldn't buy anything from you again. And they certainly wouldn't tell their friends to buy something from you. Or you could, like the farm stand that has to either eat the cost of growing too much corn and throw out stuff that's old, or scale back what they're doing to grow enough. You know, this spoon carving, this would be the the first analogy. You would have to eat the cost of having carved a subpar spoon, and turn around and carve a better one so that your reputation, which is really the only thing that matters going forward in terms of building a customer base, continues to grow. And that's the thing that I think people fail to see is that <clears throat> you need your customer base is going to grow in proportion to the quality of the work that you can produce and show to people so that they come back, that they tell their friends that they get excited about it. Um, and I think that's where I'm going to leave it. There's a whole other conversation to be had about, you know, how to then produce that work and how to, you know, how do you establish the habits to to put yourself in a position to produce that quality of work. But that's a whole nother conversation. So um, we'll continue this another time.